1: as a fixer but like we here we go <laughs> back to the
0: fixing <laughs> Emily this,
1: the fixer I'm, we're just gonna make merchandise that it made says me think like, of Bob the builder <laughs> wait no hold Emily, on Emily the fixer can she fix <laughs> you yes she can <laughs> literally Anna tagged me in a tweet the other day that said girls be like I can fix him okay Bob the builder relax <laughs> Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. How's it going? Welcome back to the Gals Guide Podcast. In today's episode, we ain't going to spend too much time on the intro. No. Because we got a lot to talk about today. We about
0: to educate y'all.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> my southernness came
1: out. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> but seriously, today's episode is a little bit of a chunky one because we are going to actually be talking about a theory that i have done a lot of research in, and one that i find particularly interesting especially when it comes to relationships but it also is helpful in friendships mm-hmm. and all your relationships of life and it is attachment theory some of you guys may have heard of it it's very popular nowadays i feel like with school of life um on youtube a lot of and like fox a lot of channels have done a lot of videos on it it's something that i think is really really interesting and i started researching it and getting more into it when I was in a really confusing relationship and it really helped me to identify how I was feeling, how to assess the other person and how to fix problems in my own life and fix myself. Um, So I think it's really important that a lot of people know about this stuff and some people haven't.
0: Yeah, like I had not heard of it. And when you told
1: me about it, I was like, wow, that's super interesting. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a discussion on the attachment theory and its history. And I'm going to go ahead and get all the boring, heavy stuff out of the way right now for a lot of people who are interested in what exactly it is. Um, It's technically a concept in development psychology that concerns the importance of attachment in regards to personal development. So um, basically what this means is how you attach to people in your relationships heavily is based upon a child's ability to perform a relationship with at least one primary caregiver. Generally speaking, it's one of your parents. Um, so however, there are studies. It was mainly founded and coined by the psychologist John Bowlby in the late 60s. Um, he was a childhood development um, psychologist. There are some studies that say how your attachment style can change over the course of your life based on trauma and relationships, and I definitely see that within myself, and I will talk about that in a later topic. But In the late 1980s, Cindy Hazan and Philip Shaver were able to garner a lot of attention when they turned an attachment theory on adult relationships. So really, like the basis of this, this really started off with child developmental psychology, and then these two people, these two researchers, were able to kind of turn it on its head and realize, oh, how your childhood is affects how you maintain your healthy relationships as an adult and it's so correlated and I think it's really really interesting Um, they looked at a large number of couples examining the nature of their attachments between them and then observed how those couples reacted to various stressors and stimuli both relationships function best when both parties were managed to balance intimacy with independence Um, much as is the case with developing children the ideal situation seemed to be attachment that functioned as secure base from which to reach out and gain experience in the world so if you had a really secure attachment to your parents like your parents were always around they were always there to nurture you they weren't mm-hmm. overbearing but they weren't distant then you had a really secure attachment style and you were going to be pretty healthy going into your adult relationships yeah. and be fine it's where if whatever kind of version of fucked up your parents made you is often the kind of version of fucked up you presented relationships so like if they were distant or if they were helicopter that's when you're going to be one of the other different attachment styles outside of secure. And that's when your relationships can get a little messy sometimes. And I think that when you're in those categories, that's when you should be aware of it. And that's when you should take these tools we're going to give you guys today Mm -hmm. and learn how to assess them uh, and be in healthy and better relationships. So yeah, yeah, that's the heavy part of it. We do have the hazon and Shaver questionnaire that they originally put out and we are going to give it to you guys right now. So feel free to play along at home as you listen. (laughs) And then we're going to also go over what we find our attachment styles to be as well. Right.
0: So for the questionnaire, option A is I find it relatively easy to get close to others and I'm comfortable depending on them and having them depend on me. I don't worry about being abandoned or about someone getting too close to me. Option B, I find that others are reluctant to get as close as I would like. I often worry that my partner doesn't really love me or won't want to stay with me. I want to get very close to my partner, and this sometimes scares people away. And then option C is I'm somewhat uncomfortable being close to others. I find it difficult to trust them completely, difficult to allow myself to depend on them. I'm nervous when anyone gets too close, and often others want me to be more intimate
1: than I feel comfortable being. So... With this, if you related more to option A, then you are definitely in the more secure attachment. It's individuals with a secure attachment style feel comfortable trusting others. They see themselves as worthy of love and support and are confident and that others will support them if they need help. If you identified with option B, you are more in the anxious attachment style. Anxiously attached individuals are often classified as needy, or clingy, they want to rely on others but worry that others won't support them in the way they want. They long to be intimate with others but are scared to be let down consistently. They often struggle with self-worth, which causes them to seek out the support of others, but also worry about whether their feelings for others will be reciprocated. They often anticipate a crisis in relationships and react with counterproductive aggressive behavior. And then with option C, uh, it is now referred to as the dismissive avoidant attachment style. These individuals tend to limit the closeness of their relationships and feel uncomfortable relying on other people. They typically have positive views of themselves, but believe that other people can be counted on. Consequently, avoidant individuals tend to remain independent and often try to avoid any form of dependence. They often emotionally withdraw because of being alone and aloof is much easier than facing their issues. That was like the general answer for option C back then. Now psychologists have added option D that correlates to option C, and it's the fearful avoidant attachment. Mm. It's the lesser mentioned one out of all four because it does have characteristics of both anxious and and avoidant styles. These people tend to have negative views of both themselves and others. They feel unworthy of support, anticipate that others will not support them. As a result, they feel super uncomfortable relying on others despite a desire to feel close relationships. Individuals with this attachment style may have often like experienced abuse or neglect in early life and are susceptible to those types of relationships later on in life. While some people feel like they can be both, it really is like a bare minimum of people that are that style. Um, And it's only people who usually have been in serious abusive relationships or had an abusive childhood that fit that category. Not saying that like you can't be both because you can be different attachment styles. You are not always just one. I definitely think in my personal life, I am a very secure person until you make me anxious. Mm -hmm. If you give me reason to doubt you and this relationship, then I become an anxious person. I'm not necessarily clingy or needy, but I have trouble like trusting you because I'm always scared I'm going to be let down and mm-hmm. I have my walls up very high. And there's times where I feel like I can step into a dismissive avoid an attachment i i I was that for a long time like before this year i was that way i didn't want to get close to anybody right um but i am typically very secure like i'm very secure right now and who i'm seeing right now um but there's been relationships where i'm like if you give me a reason to doubt you and where we stand then i become anxious like crazy Mm -hmm. what do you you feel about you like where do you feel like you stand
0: i feel like i'm definitely the secure attachment um i feel like i'm Pretty comfortable trusting others. I feel like I'm worthy of love um, and support from others, but I do tend to be a little anxious, um, just from like past relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, that need for that constant like affirmation. Affirmation. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. So I can kind of can be a little bit needy um, mm-hmm. just to like hear those words. But I think after,
1: I mean with the with the amount of texts <laughs> that you can send, sometimes.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> my boyfriend is just as bad as me. Okay. He separates his texts just like I do. <laughs> I, uh,
1: that's another thing, too. Like, I don't... I'm not that kind of person where I will send you five text messages in a row. Hannah is. I
0: am. I will 100% admit to that. I
1: <laughs> Give me a paragraph. I love paragraphs. I hate paragraphs. <laughs> I'm like, that's
0: way too much. I also, like, think of things after I send it. But, like, I feel like I can tend to be anxious a little bit. Um, but I feel like that's just more in the early stages Mm -hmm. when I'm, like, getting to know the person, kind of getting a feel for what they want out of the relationship. But I feel like now where I am, I'm very, like, secure in
1: my relationship. Yeah. I definitely feel like, like I said, last year I was super, like, avoidant. And that was because I got, like, hurt really bad, like, in the previous years. And, like, my walls were high. And I was... Like I said, I had a fear of vulnerability. I said I had a fear of intimacy. And so I think when I started going to therapy to help fix that kind of problem, I was able to let those walls down and I was fine. And then someone made me question my security and that relationship and it made me anxious and I did not like it. Yeah, And it was because I was seeing somebody who was, like the person I was seeing was avoidant. Like they Mm -hmm. had their walls super high. That's also another thing too, uh, that I've learned. The anxious attachment style and the avoidant attachment style often attract each other. yeah. And it's a vicious cycle. And I think that that is one thing that a lot of people are not aware of. If you know what your attachment style is and you know that your partner is the exact opposite of you, it's going to be a vicious cycle that you're always stuck in and you're never probably going to be completely satisfied. But we're going to get into that in a second. Basically, I know we just threw like so much information at you. And I really want to be able to break it down into like layman's terms for you guys. So you can... Understand what we're talking about and not feel like you're in a sociology class. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, about like fifty six percent of people in the world are secure. So me and you, me and you yeah. we fit into the majority of the population. Mm-hmm. Around twenty percent are anxious, twenty three are avoidant, and the remaining one percent are that rare combination I was talking about. Um, the fearful avoidant.
0: And then something that we notice is that like most people don't fit the attachment style prototypes perfectly. Um, researchers nowadays measure attachment style on a spectrum, um, of anxiety to avoidant, which is kind of where they have that fearful avoidant thrown in. It's yeah. not just like one. I feel like you don't just fit one category. Sometimes you can, like we said, we're both secure, but sometimes we are needy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of go th- to each one. Yeah.
1: And I think it's important to note that literally none of these attachment styles are labeled unhealthy or healthy. They're just simply descriptions of, like, the way you act in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. They're not a form of judgment, and no one should place that upon you. Not us. Not your partner. No one. It's just a way for you to be more self-aware of how you interact with each other. Because I think that relationship psychology is so interesting to me Mm -hmm. and how people communicate because... Like we always say, communication is key. And I think that if you can figure out how to communicate your needs and your boundaries with your partner, that is the best way to do it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So basically, like we said, if you're secure, you're pretty straightforward. You don't play games. You're (laughs) not overly dramatic what you see is what you get take or leave it baby like this is, does yeah. not mean you don't have any boundaries this doesn't mean you don't have any baggage because trust me we all got that but you are extremely self-aware of it if you do and you have no problem communicating them with your partner up front you don't have issues with giving people space you fully trust your partner and others unless shown otherwise and that's exactly how i feel like me mm-hmm. and you both are yeah you will have my back no matter what and always seem to understand me we are on the same team and you also probably had a great childhood and relationship with your parents i feel like i mean i'm an only child i was i definitely yeah and i did too so
0: (laughs) um and then if you're anxious you're probably like ariana grande can be a bit needy but that's okay oh my god (laughs) (laughs) just love that song like just go listen to needy it's fine Um, so you probably crave that intimacy, but you can tend to be a little obsessive in love and are often consumed by your relationship. To you, space is the worst because you often associate that distance with your partner's feelings and assume the worst or get jealous. Uh, words of affirmation is probably your love language and you like to be constantly reassured of your partner's
1: feelings or else you feel like a bothersome. I often think like anxiously, anxiously attached people are like super sweet in a way because they just want the best yeah they just mean well
0: and like after like I, like, I feel like I'm both
1: yeah <laughs> they definitely like they crave a lot of attention and some people can't yeah. handle that <laughs> okay that's just because we're attention whores honestly like that's <laughs> literally i have like people like
0: one of my best guy friends in high school was like you're such an attention whore i was we're like an, you're an aries i'm a leo I am. i'm an aries like what do you want me to say <laughs> exactly. like that's just me
1: <laughs> but they like they crave a lot of attention they have this fear of being abandoned yeah uh, they want that closeness and intimacy and they kind of can often act out when they feel threatened yeah um But they're like incredibly giving and loving, and they they struggle to communicate their needs directly. That's all.
0: Exactly.
1: Good Uh, intentions. They have good intentions. Just, you know, sometimes they just go about the wrong way. And I feel like, I know a lot of girls I feel like probably fall into the anxiously attached style. Yeah. I don't know many guys that do. No? I don't know many. And if they are, they typically, I feel like, are more shy sometimes, more introverted in a way. I'm not sure, but I think that. The avoidant style is definitely more men. Like, if you're avoidant, one, who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that's my question. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Also, like Ariana Grande, you're NASA and you need some serious space. But, like, honestly, side note, I'm starting to think Ariana Grande is fearful avoidant with this back and forthness. (laughs) Um, Like, which one? She probably is. Ari, get it together. (laughs) But you equate intimacy with your loss of independence. You need to be a free spirit and constantly try to minimize closeness. You don't want to be tied down to no one. I don't know. It's, you, I get the sense of where the in, people who are anxiously attached, they get overwhelmed quickly. Yeah. And they feel easily shamed and exposed in a way because they've been called out. It's something where it's like, oh, crap, like, they know. They are, they're on to me. And... They tend to be difficult with, you know, being vulnerable. They dismiss needs in the relationship and sometimes can just emotionally shut down. Mm-hmm. And that can cause somebody who's anxious to get, like, super worrisome yeah. and cause them to act out because their needs are, like, getting met. So you see where that vicious cycle yeah, it is. comes into play. The one thing that I do want to hit before we, like, move on to, mm-hmm. like, tools and how to approach people and, yeah, <laughs> Um is really narrowing down the difference between the fearful and dismissive avoidant because yeah. those two are kind of hit They're, a lot. Yeah. Um, so, with a fearful avoidant, like we said, typically it's a 1% of people. They've been in an abusive relationship before. They value intimate relationships more than a dismissive avoidant. A dismissive avoidant tends to dismiss or block out connections and relationships. Mm. Um, fearful experiences high anxiety and intimate relationships, whereas dismissive shuts down quickly and they become triggered. Fearful fears rejection and has low self-esteem dismissive. Y'all got a big ego and they all judge others heavily. Um, <laughs> and, fearful they want to depend on others and be vulnerable but they feel like deeply fearful and distrustful of it like they they want this closeness so badly but they are terrified of it um and dismissive does doesn't really care to depend on others they are often career-driven and they value self-resilience that's why i said like i used to kind of be that way because i was so like selfish and you know was like i have a hard time trusting somebody i've been Mm -hmm. hurt before yeah but You, in order to, like, become more secure, I feel like you have to really work on yourself. Yeah. You can't, if you just keep pushing it off and blocking it out, like, you ain't gonna get any better. Yeah. Let's, let's just be real.
0: And then just accept, like, what you are. Yeah. And then kind of look at it.
1: So, with that all being said, here are some tools for the different, like, attachment styles, how to do some self-care, some self-love, because we Mm -hmm. all need it. My secure peeps... Y'all good, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're secure, clearly. Yeah. Like, you have no problem. It's up to you to kind of help your partners to get to that place that you are at. Um, so just being, like, your cool self mm-hmm. and, you know, listening. I'm not saying be someone's therapist. God, no, I'm never saying yeah, that. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, show them that this is, like, a safe space for them to feel like they can open up to you and be themselves around you. Mm-hmm. And that, you know... You're not trying to do any harm to them, no matter what style they are. And I think that that's a way that can help them to get to the secureness that you are at. Um, But just by showing them that this is like a safe space.
0: And some tools, if you are anxious, some ways of self-care could be seeking outside help, like a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, It's never a bad thing to ask for help. Um, another tool is to learn to speak up for yourself in a relationship. Don't Definitely. become so dormant and let your partner or your bosses or whoever walk all over you. Um, and most importantly, take note of when you project your fears in an unhealthy way. Um, anxiously attached peeps tend to overly trust people and don't know how to set boundaries. But you have to or else people are going to take advantage of it. They just want to be loved is they, what it comes down to. Yeah.
1: And I think that if you like, don't set the boundaries that you can really become yeah. like a walking doormat. And yeah. I mean, there's some people out there that can take advantage of that. And I don't know. I feel like also the anxious people are probably the ones that are also bullied. Growing up, probably. And that's can, a good point. I can definitely see that. Um I mean, that's something that I had to deal with. Yeah, and I can see how that can make somebody like learn how to trust people, and op- especially in friendships. Yeah, because this doesn't just correlate to relationships. Absolutely not. Um, I know I used to have a, a problem opening up to my friends, and I think that you know when you learn that not everybody's out there, you know, to ruin your life. I think it definitely is good. Yeah, um, I think the
0: anxious people they just like want to be loved.
1: Yeah. So. My fearful peeps. And y'all gotta learn to let go of that past. Like, y'all gotta stop harboring all the pain because it's not going to help you grow, like, at all. No. Um, Much like the anxious, like, you can be complacent and turn into a doormat. So, I mean, you gotta identify the people who want to use you and the ones that you can trust. Mm -hmm. I know it can be hard sometimes, especially with, like, people who are gaslighters and manipulative. It can be super hard. But you gotta set firm boundaries so you don't overgive. But don't run away the minute someone tries to do that to you. If someone is opening up to you, that's a good thing. The thing and you Mm -hmm. should trust them and it don't run away from that because like you can't have your cake and eat it too you can't like (laughs) unload all your feelings to somebody and then be like nope I'm out the minute they try to do it to you they're just trying to meet you halfway and something you can do I think is a good idea is journal your feelings Mm, get the thoughts out onto the page it will help with your coping and mechanisms I think
0: and for our dismissive peeps stop being so damn cold if you get a slightly (laughs) warm feeling don't try to blow it out it's there for a reason you gotta learn that not everyone is out to get you. I feel like a lot of times people think everyone's out to get them. Yeah. Um, And that you can actually relax when you see someone start to open up to you. It only means that they feel connected and they care about you. Not everyone is out to get you. Um, You can start out small if you want, but keep progressing. Don't just give up halfway and say, oh, well, I tried. No, you have to keep going. Also, y'all be open to compromise. It can't always be
1: your way. (laughs) Like Khalid said, can we just talk? Uh, Don't be afraid of that four letter word like also maybe just don't don't say can we just talk because that's like a, that's never going to start a conversation honestly like i don't i'm i could be so secured you tell me can we just talk i'm thinking what, what did i just world? do oh
0: god oh god so maybe like, like don't actually maybe don't say that but like be can, open to can talking we can we please converse with you <laughs>
1: So, there's different ways, I think, as somebody who is secure or whatever attachment style you are, there's different ways you can approach that person. Yeah. I mean, immediately, I don't think, like, on the first couple of dates you're going to know what that person's attachment style is. It does take time in the relationship to kind of yeah. figure that stuff out. So, when it comes to approaching somebody and their attachment style that could be different from yours, I mean, it's not something I don't think you're going to know right away. Right. It does take a couple, like, dates – maybe a month in yeah. <laughs> to getting to know somebody, to really know like what their style is, how they communicate. So if you are, you know, dating someone that is of the anxious type, be aware of their issues and communicating their feelings when they're upset. Don't say that they're overreacting. Don't say that their behavior is unhealthy or disproportionate. Thank you, next. They literally just need positive reassurance. So, you know, being critical, it's not really going to help Anyone, when has it ever helped anybody? Let's be real. Um, except that they just they just have this fear of being abandoned, and it may not make sense to you in the slightest, but literally it's ingrained in their head. We don't know who put it there, could have been yo ass, but still, (laughs) I'm 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 not saying like tiptoe around them, but a gentle approach is best in this scenario. Don't give them a reason to doubt your trust because the minute they do, all the sirens will go off in their head and it's it's going to take more work, I think, to turn those sirens off yeah. than it would have been to turn them on in the first place.
0: Absolutely. And then if you're dating someone who is of the avoidant attachment style.
1: Like the overall, just avoid it. Just I, would, overall, I, would, I, would, yeah. I would hit that. Yeah. Um.
0: Okay. So they need space. It's not personal, even though it can feel that way. Uh, just don't try to control them because at the end of the day, they're going to be selfish. Um, so you still have to make sure that all your needs are getting met, show them that this is a place where they can let their walls down. And be aware if you call them out on their bullshit, they could react negatively, but reassure them that you aren't going anywhere when things get tough. Um, this is a hard style to put up with sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think that, like, the anxious, they just need that reassurance that's th- that you're not going to give up on them. Yeah, Um, Most of them are aware of their messed up beliefs, but this is just their way of protecting themselves because it's all that they know.
1: Most of them are aware. Majority of them aren't aware. And that's coming from somebody who was in this style and has dealt with people in this style. Yeah. But, I don't know, I always associate the avoiding people, like as like, very cold. Yeah. And as a fixer but like we here we go back to the fixing (laughs) (laughs) emily the fixer we're just gonna make merchandise that That made me think of bob the builder (laughs) (laughs) wait no hold on Emily, the
0: fixer
1: can she fix (laughs) you yes she (laughs) can (laughs) literally anna tagged me in a tweet the other day that said girls be like i can fix him okay bob the builder relax Me and Anna literally are the same. So we're gonna we come out with merchandise that has Bob the Builder on it. It says Emily the Fixer. No, it should be it should be Emily the Fixer in like your head on Bob the Builder's oh body. Oh my
0: god. Oh
1: my god. Someone's gonna make that now and put it on Instagram. Somebody please make it.
0: Um I
1: will shout you out in the
0: in we the retag you on Instagram. We will
1: we will repost. Oh my god. That that's our that's not gonna be our merch. That's that's what it's gonna be. Oh my god. And I'm just over there like, yes, you can. <laughs> oh my god. But no, like, as a <laughs> fixer, you're gonna wanna be the person like, I can tear their walls down. I'm the girl that will make them change. They will see that I can fix them. Not everybody is work. Jamie from A Watcher Member. True. The bad boy will not always turn good for you. This and is very you know, true. we don't live in a Nicholas Sparks movie. Thank god. <laughs> would just be having sex like all the time let's be real just always be in love that's just not how it is i'm good (laughs) but like no i just think i think like you want to be the person that like i can tear their walls down they'll change for me (laughs) that's not always what's gonna happen and i think sometimes you know you can show them that this is a safe space all you want Mm -hmm. it's up to them to change and you have to understand that That's not always going to be the case. That's not always going to be the answer. And so, therefore, you have to be the one that has to walk away. And that's where the whole, like, anxious-avoidant cycle comes into play because the anxious will get to the point, I feel like, when – they're like, okay, well, I'm done putting up with this and leave. And then they avoid it and sees that they're leaving. And they're like, no. No, like, that's not what I want. They start, they, yeah. they start, they start doing mm-hmm. what the anxious person wants. And the anxious person stays because they finally are changing. And then it goes back to normal. And then nothing happens. No one progresses. Yeah. And it's just a vicious cycle. I feel like cycle. you were in a relationship that was like that.
0: Yeah. Maybe not, like. Not I to don't the know stream. if I would say it was to the extreme, but, like. You wanted him to change. I wanted him to change. He didn't, he would change. Then I would say, oh, he changed. And then it was just like a cycle. It was always like before you left. Over again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was always before you left. It was exhausting. Yeah.
0: Very exhausting. I,
1: and I feel, I, I feel like probably a lot of those relationships take breaks. Like mm-hmm. you guys did. We did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that. You some, just have to
0: get to the point though where you, you, you walk away. Yeah, you put yourself first, and you say, this is not healthy, and...
1: Yeah. Uh, I know that some people think the anxious person is, like, super needy, and they're the ones that send all the text messages. They're the ones that always, like, wants to know, like, what you're doing, and, like, mm-hmm. what's up with you? And it can feel like they're super clinky, but I don't think people are just naturally ingrained that way. There's just something that happened that made them be that way. So if you can figure out what that is, mm-hmm. and then, like, be like, bro, like, this is not that situation. Right. And it probably could, it could have been, like, that they got cheated on in the last relationship. It could have been, like, you know, they had an abusive relationship. Um, they were super distant in their last relationship. They were
0: ghosted.
1: Yeah. God, that's our next episode, literally. <laughs> you guys, I cannot wait for you guys to hear our Halloween episode. Ooh,
0: we're excited. That's a
1: little sneak preview. But, um, yeah, like, I think if you just take patience with both scenarios, mm-hmm. I think that you are, and you're open to understanding the other person's side. It, it can be better. Yeah. Um. It just it, it takes compromise. And the anxious is going to be able to. Do, they're going to give that person whatever they want in order to keep them there. Mm-hmm. And you have got to be like, no, like, what do you want? Like, yeah. got they got to be mm-hmm. able, like, and they're because they're not always going to express their needs. They're going to do whatever you want in order to keep right. you. Um. And then the avoidant. Bro, it can't always be your way.
0: Mm-hmm. You gotta learn. You gotta to give and take. You gotta give and
1: take. I feel like most avoidant people are probably um, control freaks. <laughs> probably. Hello. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, they're very more dominant probably as well. They like to be in control and mm-hmm. always in the, in the alpha or the lead of the situation, right? Um, and it's just their protective mechanism, so they don't get hurt. I think, and it's. Like I said, I said it's usually more guys because those are the guys that, you know, sleep around usually. And it's because they don't want to get attached. They don't want to get tied down. But, you know, it's like that stereotypical movie trope where, like, a girl probably hurt them before in their past. And that's yeah. the reason they don't want to get there. I, I don't know. I just think, like, it just takes communication and willing to know when it's okay to let your walls down. Right. Um, and when it's okay to, you know, not always let your walls down. Because I feel like the anxious people, like I said, like, they are going to overgive so yeah and they might not need to it's a balance mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe it's because we haven't edited it yet but i feel like this was like a relatively like short episode yeah. but super informative yeah uh, and i definitely will leave a link in the blog post to all this information um that's gonna be on our website the galsguidepod.com yeah. so you guys can get more information if you're interested in it um
0: and to just kind of wrap it up and give our survival tip of a- um the episode if you're interested you can study the questionnaire maybe ask your partner to take a look at it you could make it like a date night oh my god get a bottle of wine (laughs) some pasta sit down with your computer and like take the questionnaire together (laughs) like I think I'm gonna make I think I'm gonna make my boyfriend do that with me I think that'd be super fun fun. (laughs)
1: um
0: but this way you can just be better informed on the dynamic of your
1: relationship style absolutely so, yeah, that does it for this week's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod.
0: Also, make sure you like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gals Scout in our Facebook community.
1: You can also hit us up on our website, TheGalsGuidePod.com, and our personal social media, which will be linked in the description. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us some five stars. Really help you girls out. Yep. So, thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for
0: our next journey.